0: Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to ariselife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. This is going to sound really horrible, so please forgive me from the outset. I don't like Christmas in church because too often we're just going through the motions. And there's nothing about Jesus that's going through the motions. He's always on the move. And so... Um, but I love it when he allows me to be seasonal in in, in season anyway. And, you know, like, I mean, so one of the things that's really been on our hearts, we started this conversation last week about community, right? We talked about this whole thing that most of us, we long for community, but our broken history with community has caused us to pull back, right? And um, And so we're continuing that because there's this very important understanding is you can't connect to community if there's not a place to connect to community, right? You can't join the table if there's no seats at the table. Anybody having any flashbacks to middle school? Cafeteria, right? You know, you walk in with your tray, you're looking around, oh, and you've got like five seconds before you look like a, a dead turkey, right? You know, like lost, you know? And there's that we, but... Anybody here, you've been sitting at the cool kids' table accidentally? (laughs) They don't know. (laughs) But, and you, there are no more seats, and you don't want to give up your seat, right? And so we're going to be talking a little bit about what community looks like in terms of making room at the table. So we're going to start with a great seasonal thing. If you've got Bibles, who's got Bibles? Anybody need a Bible? We got Bibles, 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 no? All right, Bibles, let's turn to Luke chapter two and we'll just uh, start with verse one. In those days, what days would those be? The days of Caesar Augustus, thank you. Uh, (laughs) Just keep asking questions, you'll get smarter. Uh, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And this was the first census that took place during, while Quirinius was governor of Syria. Why is that important? Back then, they didn't have like A.D. and B.C. because, well, Jesus was being born, right? But what the way they told time was who was in charge, right? You would say during uh, President Trump or President Obama. And so this is, and the interesting thing is, this actually is incredibly accurate dating. Uh, if, you've, if you've been led to distrust the historicity of the Bible, let me just tell you, the book of Luke is unbelievably historically accurate. And uh, so that's just a freebie. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. And he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. So let's just pull up this map real quick. Who's my map people? So they were up here in Nazareth. Why were they in Nazareth? If he was a Judean, if, he was, if his family's from Bethlehem, Right at this time, there was a huge building project by um, by uh, the Tetrarch Philip, and they were building this huge Greek city of Sepphoris, and Nazareth was the Jewish ghetto outside of Sepphoris, and Joseph was most likely a migrant worker helping to build Sepphoris. So he comes back home to Bethlehem. He went there to register, right? And what do you know about migrant workers? Do they have a lot of resource? Do they have a lot? um, Are they well protected? While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger. Why? Because there was no guest room available for them. The room at the inn was actually, that word is like guest room. Anybody here slept on the couch? Who, who, who? Listen, they didn't even have room on the couch for them. They were out in the barn. Here, they, they, why were they there? Because they had no resource? Because they had, they weren't valued, they weren't protected, they weren't cared for. And not only this, she's pregnant! Even that is not a reason for them to make room. Crazy, isn't it? But more than that, do you know what the Jewish people had been waiting for for 400 years? The Messiah. And who showed up? The Messiah. And they missed it. They missed it entirely. They missed it. They had dedicated their whole lives to preparing for Messiah, and when Messiah came, they missed it. Why do you think they missed it? (laughs) You win a gold star. I've I've got (laughs) markers somewhere. Here they are. All right, there we go. Okay, so one sec, one side. Let's see. Expectations. uh, What else? They go, ooh, got used to. Ooh, got used to it. Preconceived ideas, come on. They didn't know the word. What was that busy? I would also put it that to to have seen him and to have embraced him would have been, um, how do I say, uncomfortable, right? Because somebody had to. Um, they were comfortable, and in the process, they missed the very thing that they were they were longing to see James puts it th- puts it this way when you when you welcome in the stranger and the alien you sometimes are entertaining angels unaware what if the blessing you're looking for actually lies beyond your expectations beyond your comfort beyond your uh, anybody here, you, um, in the middle of, like, Christmas shopping, you quit being a Christian? <laughs> <laughs> I am celebrating Jesus' at birth! Get out of my way! Or somebody's going to get hurt. <laughs> it's for Jesus! <laughs> you know... The interesting thing is Jesus was born in a manger and then he became what? He became a refugee. He he had to flee for his life into Egypt. Jesus was rejected from his birth when he was what all of us long for? All of us need. So let's let's flip forward into to Luke chapter 14. And we'll get practical. Verse one: One Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat at the house of a prominent Pharisee, think wealthy, think powerful, think uh, popular, right? He's finally at the at the cool kids table, and he was being carefully watched. And there in front of him was a man suffering from abnormal swelling of his body. Now, why is this guy in front of him? Because he's a servant. Now, if you've watched any of the old films, do you pay attention to servants? We were watching something last night. It was British. And it was so funny because the lords were talking right in front of the maids and everything and acting like they weren't even there, right? But does what does Jesus do? Jesus asked the Pharisees and the experts of the law, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? Because they saw that as work. But they remained silent. So what did he do? He took hold of the man. He touched him. He made contact with him. He made sure the man knew that he saw him. He healed him and sent him on his way. He had a noticeable disfigurement, but nobody noticed him. He had a noticeable problem, but nobody saw him, but Jesus did. Do you think that made that that dinner party uncomfortable? When we stop for the one, it becomes uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. Verse 5, he said, if one of you has a child or an ox that falls into a well on the Sabbath day, will you not immediately pull it out? And they had nothing to say. And then he noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the cafeteria table. And he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you, will come and say to you, give this person your seat. And then humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. But when you're invited, take the lowest place so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. And then you will be honored in the presence of the other guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. This runs so counter to everything of art, because if you don't meet your needs, who will? Anybody? Anybody have that running through your head? That if I don't look out for me, who will? What Jesus is saying is, if you look out for mine, I'll look out for you. It's very quiet. Then, verse 12, Jesus said to his host, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers, your sisters, your relatives, or your rich neighbors, or the popular kids. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Something you need to understand, in their culture, all those people he listed, they viewed as unclean. They viewed them as sinners. And they viewed them almost like how under the law of karma, you know, if you see a poor person in India, that they must have done something bad in a past life. Remember how the disciples were like, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus is like, Anybody here raised with a view that the poor are poor because it's their fault? And therefore I can wash my hands of any responsibility. You don't have a re- you and I do not have a responsibility for everyone. We have responsibility for the one in front of us. Bless you. <laughs> the one in front. <laughs> And when one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast of the kingdom of God. (laughs) Yeah, it's just Christianese, you know, you know, blessed and highly favored. Oh, blessed art thou, right? Anyway, Jesus replied. Have you ever noticed Jesus' replies always go counter to what they were hoping for? (laughs) It's always dangerous to have a, to ask Jesus a question. <laughs> Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Bizarre? Let me put it this way. <clears throat> I have just bought a brand new Ferrari. I must go see it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. I've just bought a brand new business. Some still, another said, I just got married so I can't come. I have no idea where you all went, but anyway, moving right along. The servant came back and reported this. So let, let me just say this. The one guy, the one guy, he has a brand new, he has a brand, uh, the, really the first two, they had brand new businesses. They really, they had made purchases. They needed to check them out. They had, and the other guy's married for heaven's sakes. So that's a pretty good reason. The servant came back and reported this to the master. And then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servants, go quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there's still room. Then the master told his servants, go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in. You know who those are? Those are the robbers and the bandits. (laughs) (laughs) seriously jesus we need to be careful very careful we have standards yeah sir then the master told servant he said i tell you not one of those who was invited will get a taste of my banquet what's going on here Anybody here you threw a party and you were so excited and you had a list of people and people were too busy to come? How does that make you feel? So who did you invite? You invited the cool people, didn't you? No, I mean the reality is a lot of times we invite the people that we want to be with. I mean they they were if we didn't invite if we didn't like them they wouldn't be cool. I mean, our liking them makes them cool, right? No, I, no, but I, I'm serious. We invite the people who make us feel good. But the reality is a lot of times they are wealthy people, right? They're wealthy in friendships. They're wealthy in, in lots of things to do. They're wealthy. And we feel what? Rejected. We feel rejected. Because we invited them hoping to feel Accepted. Uh, Okay, this is going to get awkward. Um, (laughs) I've I've noticed this. We oftentimes have um, uh, people will want to have small groups, but they only want certain people to come. And then those people don't come, and then they have no small group. What Jesus says, if you'll invite the poor, the blamed, the blind, the cripple, you'll have a full house. And if you get the the thieves and the murderers, you'll definitely, well, for a short time, you'll have a full house. (laughs) 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 What the reality is, We often, what do we do? We give with an expectation of return, don't we? I mean, this is, let's just be honest. Let's quit being Christians. Let's just be honest. (laughs) No, we give expecting return, and then we get disappointed. We get hurt. We get offended. What Jesus says is, give, give, give. I would encourage you. Anybody here loan money to a Christian and lost the relationship? Don't do that. Give it. And never remember it again. Give with no expectation of return. If you're not planning, listen, nothing's worth it. Give, give, give. Because it's not yours and mine in the first place.
1: I think about a year ago, I really heard Jesus very clearly. He said, there are a lot of people sitting there and waiting to be invited to the table when I have called them to open up their table. And it's probably not going to be the cool kids who come to your table, right? It's going to be those people who are not connected yet, right? Those who are connected are connected. Uh, right and there is a challenge for the, for for that, all of, that, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> for those of us who are connected to make space right because it's going to cost us something if you already have a wealth of relationships and you can hardly see all your friends and answer their texts and i don't know call or whatever whatever you're you're already almost at capacity you're going to have to figure out what has to go right for you to make room like it's gonna inconvenience us, right? My I was <laughs> I was remembering as, as we were talking about it yesterday, you know. I mean, it costs you something to invite people to your house. My biggest test was um when we worked with orphans, and one of the girls had a skin condition that we thought was scabies.
0: And she was lounging all over our and couch. she
1: and so she shows up and you know <laughs> and i'm like wow jesus i guess you're just gonna have to protect us like i don't know (laughs) like right i mean it's gonna cost you something maybe your furniture maybe your carpet like it's gonna definitely cost some time it's very possibly gonna cost you some rejection right because not every time you open up and invite, people are going to show up. My right? favorite is
0: you invite someone. You're like, I am doing you such a favor. And they're like, yeah, I can't. That's not really my thing. You're <laughs> like, ah, what? You're rejecting me? You don't get to reject me. You're this big. I'm the big boy here. But think about it. Jesus was pretty awesome, right? And do you know the only people who came to his party? Fishermen, tax collectors. Tax collectors. Guys on the run from the law. Prostitutes, yeah. Like, the Pharisees didn't come. Why? They were like, I would, like, totally come. Like, can you work me in on weekends? (laughs) Right? I will come. Oh, but you don't, a five-star hotel? No? Ooh, yeah, no. I don't do Motel (laughs) 6. But what happens if Jesus couldn't get the cool kids? What luck do you guys have? But some of us, any of us, we hold a seat for the cool kids. And so therefore, we never invite the others because that seat, they're not coming, but we hold the seat for them. One of the things I, I realized is most of us wanted to get the old, any you guys remember Tinker Toys? So I wanted to get them. They don't make the wood ones anymore. Like, I don't know, apparently it's illegal. We need to make plastic to kill the fish or something. I don't know. Anyway, so you know that Tinker Toys have eight... The, there was a little nub, and each thing had eight places that you could connect to. I would submit we are tinker toys. We have limited places that we can connect. Uh, one of the, the joys of youth is thinking you have an unlimited time, an unlimited resource, and unlimited energy, and you sort of do. But maturity is when you realize that's not true, and you literally have to make choices. When, before we dated, the reason why Masha does all the calendar for us is because when we were dating, I, before we started dating, I would go to, I would schedule three parties at the same time. (laughs) I would go early to one, hit the middle of the second and go late to the last. Who are my people? (laughs) (laughs) And the reality was I wasn't present for any of them. Because there's we have limited resource, we have limited time, we have limited access, and if we keep waiting for the cool kids, we'll be waiting in vain.
1: Well, and you know, I mean, you hear we all like say things like, "Oh my gosh, I just long for community, right? I just so want community." But let's be real. If you already, um, if your spots are already taken, like, for example, you have a big extended family that does everything together, you are not going to build another community. You already have it, right? So unless you intentionally make space from that, it's not going to happen, right? If you have a super demanding job that you are just um, not available, right? Community is not going to happen. It's not going to happen magically. Unless we figure out a spot of where to put it, it's not going to happen. Right? Well,
0: I I would say also, if you have a highly codependent relationship, you're not going to have community. (laughs) Because every time you start moving in it, what will happen? That codependent person will derail you, right? Because they they get to make choices for you right and so the the um i will also say this is the crippled the lame the the bandits do they have good social skills are they nice i would say this do you have margin to be not offended don't have margin for that. If we are are easily offended, we're not going to do a relationship. Okay, here's who's here. Who here, you've had a friendship, and then you got offended at them, and you didn't have that friendship anymore? Everybody, right? I mean, the reality. No, but here's here's the reality is, okay, don't raise your hand on this. Don't raise, no nudging. Who here has a new best friend every three weeks? (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: shots fired
1: <laughs> Yeah. Uh,
0: no the reality is if you want deep meaningful relationship it only starts when you get offended it only starts at that point up to that point it's like dating oh he's amazing oh she's amazing and then you have your first argument when we do premarital counseling I ask people tell me about your worst argument we don't argue go home and argue. Go home. Have your worst drag out fight. Because that's the, the question. That's the point when you determine. Are you going to fight for the relationship or not? Mm-hmm. Community only begins when you start fighting for it. On. Only when it costs you something. It doesn't. I mean. It, and that's why you're never going to have community with the cool kids. Because the cool kids have it all together. Which is a lie. But whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Because the cool kids aren't coming out to play, right? The Pharisees were the cool kids, and what did God Jesus say about them? White-walled tombs, whitewash, white walls. They had white walls. They <laughs> drive up in their fifty-seven Chevy, anyway, <laughs> with white walls. It, it, it was a different gospel, anyway. But but going back to it, I, 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 we're 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 going all around of this. But I want to ask you: Do you want community? Do you want community? Some ways it's going to involve stopping for the one in front of you. Brian, sitting on the front row, has, is, is one of the best people I know at stopping for the one in front. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. So often, I missed an opportunity this week. A guy came over to fix my disposal and he was dragging his leg. When he left, I went, ah! <laughs> I missed the opportunity. I missed the opportunity to stop for the one. But it goes beyond stopping for the one. Mm-hmm. It involves continuing the relationship with the one. Mm-hmm. It involves come, being inconvenienced by the one.
1: Yeah. So our, our vision here at Arise is to equip, empower, and release. But not for people to just walk in their destiny and just to be self-actualized. right? The next portion of it is, is for the harvest. Come on. Right? And we are actual, those connection points for the harvest. People are not gonna come in into the kingdom outside of relationship. They are not gonna come in by just us doing street street stuff and leaving it on the streets. Unless we start inviting them into our homes and having relationships and having friendships that take a lot, it's not gonna happen. It's not um, just magically going to happen unless there is space created and there is willingness to invite, right? You invited a couple of girls just that you just met, you know? And, and Katie was like, come, like, be at my house, right?
0: But <laughs> that could get messy.
1: It probably will.
0: <laughs> I can promise you that.
1: Right? Now, now let,
0: me, let me just say this. There, we're going to talk a little bit later about this. There's such a thing as boundaries. There's always two ditches, right? Mm-hmm. One ditch is the, my castle. <laughs> the other ditch is I have no walls. Anybody <laughs> can walk in here and do whatever they want. Right? There's balance. And the reality is you only have a limited number of connections. Mm-hmm. So you can't take 300 people. Even Jesus, the Jesus level of deep connection was 12. 11. And really 3 were the closest ones, mm-hmm. right? And, and one of them if Jesus couldn't have good friends, if one of them tried to got him killed. <laughs> I mean, the but, but going back to we Woo. we talked with when Robbie Dawkins was here, went out to lunch with him because something I'd seen was I saw evangelists getting uh, uh burned out. They would see so many people saved, but none of them connected with the body. None of them continued in the faith. And they just and they quit. So they quit evangelizing. And I said, what is the way that you've seen for them to actually connect to the body and be discipled?" And he said, honestly, and I, I realized I was asking him a question he wasn't used to. He said, honestly, the only thing I've seen was when people actually within 24 hours invited them into their own home. For dinner. For dinner. He said, that's the only thing that I've seen that has consistently been effective. (laughs) (laughs) That is so against the American ideal.
1: It's so against, oh my
0: word. The whole point of life, liberty, and the pursuit of property. (laughs) You know, that's what it was originally. They just made it happy. But, (laughs) no, it really was. Um, No, the reality is, though, we have to make decisions. We can't say we want this and that. A great example, I want to be fit, and I want cake. (laughs) You can't have those consistently at the
1: same time. Or I want to be married, and I want to date around. (laughs) (laughs) You have to make a choice, right? Oh, 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 I want
0: to be married, but I want to still do all the things I did as a single guy. (laughs) <laughs> good
1: luck with that good luck.
0: she'll say you can <laughs> no the reality is I remember I was as a single guy I was so offended because every time my friends got married they like spaced out on me like what was up with that like why can't I was like I would hang out at their house till like 12 o'clock at night why are they kicking me out Apparently, they had activities. Uh, but uh, going back to it, there, I, I want to just say this. You do not have to have community.
1: Absolutely.
0: You do not have to have deep relationships. can relationship. social distance for the rest of your life. Some people From are like, everybody. yes, Lord, I receive it. <laughs> it's the calling of God on my life. <laughs> but if you say you want relationships, You say you want community. I will say this. Are you willing to pay the price? Are you willing for it to be with the not cool kids? Are you willing to find out that only the fishermen want to hang out with you? Are you willing to make it because the cool kids are all filled up?
1: Their schedule's full. I know. That was that was hard for us when we planted a church and we had so many friends, right? Like parent friends that we raised, you know, kids together and just did like spiritual stuff. And we thought, oh, for sure, those friends will be like in the first row of going to plant the church with us. There is like a couple, you know? Very, very, very few. <laughs> but very few, right? Because they were already wealthy in their way, Right.
0: They already had so much going on with them, like at Riverstone mm-hmm. or other churches. They were already doing so well. They, they, it was just like, it was just going to cost grade. too much. It was, it was, yeah. I hate to tell you this. Your table is going to be a downgrade for the cool kids. <laughs> <laughs> but your table will be an upgrade for the cripple, for the lame, for the wounded, mm-hmm. the hurt, the messy. And that's where they get healed. Mm -hmm. That's where they get restored. That's where they come into discipleship. See, discipleship doesn't happen outside of community. Otherwise, it's just legalism. Mm -hmm. It takes somebody actually seeing you, actually seeing how you live. And I'll tell you this, this is discipleship for me. There's a way that seems right to a man. And (laughs) then I look and I see myself reflected in Masha's eyes. And I'm like, oh. (laughs) anybody here you thought you were doing great and then you called up a friend and realized you were dumb that's discipleship that's community that's walking it out and it will be costly and you and you and and there's a limited amount of people at your table but you can go deep with a few or you can go shallow with Mm -hmm. everybody
1: but that's why we we have such a strong sense that it's so many of us Who are going to be opening our tables. It's not going to be just the few, right? It's every person becoming that space where people come in and are discipled. Yeah. Right. People from the outside, right? Not just people that we're already hanging out with, right? It's just making that room. And in that, like, we just want to, I feel, I've really felt like this Christmas Eve is that just, um, that feast to invite everyone who doesn't have a place to go, right? So I just want to encourage all of us. I mean, this is a low-hanging fruit. This is not even your own house, right? But it would be easy to invite to something like that.
0: Well, and the wealthy aren't going to come. The people who have tons of family,
1: yeah. and they don't have to. Yeah, absolutely. But this is a place. But there, is, there are people in our lives who don't have a place to go, Right. Who are alone and they might, you know. But I wanna
0: say this. Uh, Warren and I had a conversation earlier is, um, and uh, follow the grace, not the guilt.
1: Mm-hmm. Come on.
0: Don't open your home out of guilt. Mm-hmm. Don't open your table out of guilt. Yeah, Don't on. invite someone to come out of guilt. Mm-hmm. First of all, the fruit of guilt is always hell.
1: It's not going to be fun. It's not going to be good.
0: <laughs> They're not going to be blessed and you're not going to be blessed. Mm-hmm. Follow the grace. What is the grace? The grace of God is the power of God to do the will of God. The grace of God is, is now it doesn't mean it's not going to be uncomfortable sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Brian, when you step out, is it sometimes uncomfortable? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Most of the time, right? <laughs> I mean, even he does this all the time, it's still uncomfortable, but it doesn't mean That it's not uncomfortable, but there's grace. Love compels us. Love, not duty, not obligation, but love compels us. And so what I would ask is, do you want community for yourself? If you do, then we would encourage you to consider building a table. Making space at the table. Finally, sometimes if you want to have more people at your table, you need to build a new table. Which we, we did. <laughs> so we could only have eight people. If you sat at our table, eight people is like no lefties, right? You know, because somebody's going to die, right? It's everybody's like, you know, kind of angled. But we wanted to have more people for Thanksgiving. So I was like, God, how can we do that? And I looked at like, you know how expensive big tables are? They're stupid. And so I felt like God said, you build it. I'm like, have we talked yet? I'm not handy. You're the carpenter, not me. And he said, that's all right. It's like, it's like when we cook, I'm the sous chef. I'll, I'll just be the carpenter's helper. And Jesus said, "Hey, literally, God, I'm like, I kept saying no to God. Anybody said no to God for a while and he then tricks you? Um, and and he he downloaded a plan for a table that sits on top of my table. I didn't know that was a thing. I've heard it's now a thing. But anyway, and I was like, oh, that would
1: work. And then so he literally gave you like what to get at Home Depot, well, right? Well,
0: no, no. He, no. he then gave me the plan. And then he told me, and then I was like, oh, yeah, I should do that, yeah. Yeah, He's like, are you going to do that? And then one Saturday, he said, go to Home Depot. And I'm like, I don't know what to buy. He's like, go to Home Depot. I got there. He literally told me what to buy. I, guys, you don't understand. Don't overestimate my handiness. I'm handsome, not handy. Oh, listen, that wasn't a joke. Some of you are like, you get zero on both No, I... And literally, I came home and I was like, Lord, I don't know if I bought the right stuff. And I just went to work. I, I just literally guided the whole way. It's amazing. It weighs 400 tons. It takes four people to lift and move. And, and if you were part of Thanksgiving, Terry, Cody. Yes. Uh, so, yes.
1: Yeah, so the, the prophetic picture of that table was that Peter constructed it in our basement. Oh, wait, 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 <laughs> well, I, by faith, because I couldn't even re- make sure it worked. Because he couldn't lift it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it, you know, all the guys carried it and all the ladies, I will never forgive and say, laying under the table, taking a leaf out, <laughs> out of the other table. And then other ladies and the screwing other, like the it legs in. It took all the 12 of us to make that table, okay? I was like, what a prophetic picture, Right? It's, it's going to take work. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take everybody. <laughs> it's going to be not convenient. Right? But it's going to make room. Yeah.
0: And if you want a bigger table, you need to partner with other people to have that table.
1: Yeah. You're not going to be able to carry it. You're not going to gonna be able to carry it yourself. <laughs> Literally. Literally. You know?
0: Literally. And so, so if, you're, if you're wanting to build a table, ask God who he would have you partner with. Because community...
1: And don't look to cool kids, because they're probably already wanting to host their own table. (laughs) It's true. It's true. But I want to say this. I, I,
0: I hope you understand two things. One, community is worth it. It's what we're made for. Literally, the Trinity is community. You're wired for it. That's why you long for it. That's why, no matter how many times you get burned by it, you still keep coming back for it. Even when you say, "I will never trust anybody again," here I go. (laughs) Because you're made for it. You long for it. You're made for it. But if you want it, know that it will cost. But it's worth it. But it will cost. But it's worth it.
1: You are worthy. That's why Jesus said, "Yes."
0: (laughs) We were just singing that. I didn't really mean that, Lord. Um, No. No, but we're made for it. We're made for it. And but always, what do we start with when we follow Jesus? We start with baby steps. I I don't go down to where the migrant workers hang out with a pickup truck and fill it up with twelve guys as a single woman and bring them (laughs) back to your house. Don't do that. Like like, there's there's wisdom, right? You do baby steps. If you've never, if you if you yeah, you know, I mean, we take baby steps, but. But we do it, you know, one of the great ways is if you know, you're like, I am not social. I am socially awkward. It's my spiritual gift. <laughs> Can I get a witness? No. You know somebody who isn't. Partner up with them. Maybe you're good at making things cozy, and they're, making it, they're good at making things lively. That's, that's a great marriage right there. Well, I'm not saying get married, but whatever. So, but I, I can't state it enough. You're made for this. This is what you want. But you won't get it if you're not willing to open up your table. If you're not willing to pay the price. If you're not willing to not have the cool kids at your table. But I will tell you this. It's worth it. Because we're surrounded by a bunch of yes. fishermen. <laughs> no, no, seriously though. I look at all you guys and we're like, we thought the cool kids wouldn't come. We're and looking at some really are. cool kids. <laughs> we really are. We, we pinch ourselves. We keep saying all through this, as there have been team appreciation after team appreciation, we're like, wow, <laughs> these are amazing people. Why are they
1: here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Aww. We love you guys we so do. much. But we want you to start thinking and dreaming and talking to some people about doing tables in your homes in this coming year. And it could look different, it could be, um, uh, if you don't have a home to host in, it could be at a restaurant, it could be a hike, it could like like creativity, I feel like Jesus is going to give us ideas and strategy, but I just want us to start talking within our families, talking and dreaming. Yeah, um, about um, this because we're gonna keep we're, and we're gonna keep talking about it for the next couple Sundays, yes, right? But
0: you don't have to wait <clears throat> till January. True, you can start now.
1: Christmas The week is a great time. between
0: Christmas and New Year's is one of the most deadly times of year. Mm-hmm. The number of people who die of natural causes right around Christmas is crazy. Why? Because they're alone, mm-hmm. they're abandoned, they're hopeless, they're helpless. If something about the holidays rolls around, you realize nothing has changed. Mm-hmm. Listen, if you're feeling lonely, don't be alone this holiday. Mm -hmm. Open your table. If you're hurting, invite a cripple. (laughs) Some people are like, I want you to come to my house. And you're like, hey, what are you saying? (laughs) 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 No, you're one of the cool kids. (laughs) No, but open. It it starts with inconveniencing ourselves. And it starts with baby steps. So, all right, we've beat that horse. (laughs) All right, um, if we can have the worship team come up. I would just invite us to ask the Lord.
1: Yeah, let's just close our eyes right now as they're coming up and just say, Jesus, Jesus, give me a creative idea of how to do a table and who to invite in this new year.
0: Lord, who are some people we can partner with who have the gifts we don't? And who can we bless in this season? Jesus, show us. I really believe that there's somebody on your heart today. And that many of us, we won't leave here today without acting on that. Uh, faith demands an action. It demands obedience. And I would really encourage you, if God's put something on your heart, don't put it off. Um, but move on it Uh, Again, a great step is inviting people to Christmas Eve. And uh, so let's stand. We love you, Lord. Let's worship.